The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your Modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives. Securing futures. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is a mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. In the guest co-host chair is Colin Brister, but we remove the guest tag, like almost removed the interim tag from Matt Luke, because Colin, from this point forward, more often than not, is going to be the regular co-host. The voice you're most often going to hear is Colin Brister. How do you feel, buddy? I've been listening to your podcast for a while. Uh, I, I remember you and Godfrey in 2012, 2013, having the flagship. Like I was a freshman in college. It makes me yeah. feel old. It's nice to have that title now. I was asked on Monday, Jake Wimberly wanted me on his radio show. Matt Luke fired after being the 38th head coach of Ole Miss football. Three years, 15 and 21. Keith Carter made the tough decision. He asked me if I was surprised. No. Thursday, going into the Egg Bowl, it was 100% he was getting 2020. Even after the Egg Bowl, it was 100% he was getting 2020. But pressure started coming down on Keith Carter from everywhere. Friday, I started to soften that up. I've got receipts if you want me to prove it. Colin's got a lot of them. <laughs> Saturday, 
my percentage dropped even more. And then on Sunday, I knew something was going down. One red flag, one thing that really lit up for me, Matt wanted to make some staff changes. Matt was potentially going to make a move at strength and conditioning coach. And on Saturday, he was effectively told, you can't make any staff changes. And so immediately my antennas go up, right? If he can't make staff moves, that means that there is a decision being made or a decision that we were told was made is being reconsidered. Wish Matt nothing but the best. I fully expect very few, if any, holdovers from the staff. They were put in an impossible situation back when Matt was made the interim and ultimately the full-time guy. But I think everyone can agree, once you looked at it, like he said on Monday, in totality, projecting forward, it was hard to reconcile what a 6-6 six and six even season for Matt Luke next year would have meant compared to a 6-6 six and six season with whoever the next head coach is going to be because you are not going to have good attendance numbers. You are not going to have good season ticket numbers. So the short-term hit you take for the long-term viability of Ole Miss football, which I wrote on Thursday and took a lot of hell for, not just from fans and stuff, but as Colin can attest to, mm-hmm. <laughs> inside that program. Um, Ole Miss, in the middle of a coaching search. How long will it last? That's part of the mailbag. But first and foremost, what are your thoughts? You mentioned, you know, hating it for Matt, and, and I do. Matt Matt had his dream job, and it just didn't work out. But like you mentioned, I hate it for those guys that aren't guaranteed millions of dollars, um, like you mentioned, guys in recruiting staff and, and that type of thing. But, yeah, it, it had gotten to a point, really, on Saturday night, me and you were talking, and I, and I just kind of thought it had kind of gotten to a point of no return, right? Like it had gotten out that, hey, they're trying their damnedest to make a move. And once you do that, like once you get to that point, you can't bring him back. It feels like you're either going to believe in him or you're not. And if you're trying to get the money to buy him out and it's kind of out there, you can't go back on that one. The toothpaste is out of the tube, right? Yes. And Keith mentioned it on Monday when we talked to him in that press conference setting. He made mention of that there was this rumor out there about (laughs) – a group of donors that had raised X amount of money for the buyout. He hadn't heard from any donors. Well, there was nine and a half million dollars pledged by Saturday for that $17 million buyout. I know that for a fact, quite frankly, I leaked it onto my message board. I got that from a number of high profile donors. There are a lot of people that still support Matt. Everyone supports Matt, but it gotten to the point where overwhelmingly this fan base, the Omus donor base, had slanted in favor of getting rid of Matt Luke. And that was not lost on Keith Carter. And don't think for a second, just like when you go out to vote, that your vote, that your voice doesn't matter. Your voice does matter. It isn't lost. Because at the end of the day, this is still your program. Everyone wanted to see Matt succeed. This was never personal. But like I wrote in the column on Thursday after the Egg Bowl, which was inarguably one of the most embarrassing nights in recent Ole Miss football history. It should have never been a slam dunk that he was getting 2020. Why weren't the powers that be having a substantive conversation about Matt Luke? Because to that point, they had not had that conversation. Keith is as transparent and AD so far as they come. He said he checks every box except wins and losses. Well, at the end of the day, that's what coaches are judged on. Wins and losses. That's it. Results. It stinks. But Matt's got money. He's going to be all right. And now Ole Miss moves forward. Now, how this search plays out, that'll be fascinating. But first, before we jump into the mailbag, a ton of questions. Just so many questions. 
Let me tell you about Impact by Ironwood and Sola, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Business owners, did you know you can support Ole Miss Athletics every time you accept a debit or credit card payment? That's right. Impact by Ironwood offers the best debit and credit card payments processing tools around, and they'll donate a portion of their profits to the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation in your name. The best part, you don't have to spend an extra dime to get exclusive member benefits, earn donor priority points, and support your Ole Miss Rebels. To learn more, call 1-833-GO-TEAMS. That's 1-833-GO-TEAMS. Or go to www.impactolemiss.com. That's impactolemiss.com. Make a difference. Make an impact. So a few years ago, a multi-generation Ole Miss family set out to do something a little different in the world-renowned Oxford culinary community. They wanted to bring a true wine bar to the square. Upon opening the wine bar in 2013, they discovered they had one of the Southeast's best young chefs in Erica Leip. Fascinated by diverse cultures and tastes, Erica proved herself to be a true visionary when pairing food and drink, constantly discovering new pairings, and creating seasonal offerings that took the classics everyone loves and twisting them up a notch to create something truly unique. Fast forward to 2019, the family felt that their food offerings were being undervalued and decided to lean on Erica's incredible culinary talents and rebrand the wine bar into one of the best restaurants in the Southeast. Enter Sola, and the rebrand has been a roaring success. They've maintained their loyal regulars, but have also enjoyed the opportunity to earn the business of many new friends who wanted to break out of their old habits and try something new. They've broken sales records this fall and look to do the same throughout 2020, and they've accomplished this because they're all about the experience, bringing to you unique cuisine and lifted spirits. Come as you are, enjoy creative dishes and distinctive drinks as served by Erica and her team of food and beverage enthusiasts, skillfully combining ingredients from local purveyors with classic cooking techniques from all over the world. Simply put, Sola is the best restaurant in Oxford. Go by and see them. You'll agree. So check them out. The website is solaoxford.com, S-O-L-A-Oxford.com, or give them a call at 662-238-3500. That's 662-238-3500. Also remember to follow them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, using the at MS on all platforms. They routinely post specials and pictures of their mouth-watering, incredible cuisine. They're definitely worth a follow. But more importantly, they're definitely worth your business. Sola in Oxford, on the Oxford Square. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Bin on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. Also available in SoundCloud. Just simply search Talk of Champions and should be wherever you get your podcast. This Talk of Champions mailbag is brought to you by Thomas Chandler, your modern woodman representative. Mail time. The mail's here. You've got mail. Special mail for you. This is a letter to Hollywood saying, keep it up. Movies are great. Opening up the Talk of Champions mailbag, so many questions. Tucker Italiano at Tucker Italiano. Let's say Mike Norvell gets the job. Which current staff members, if any, are potential holdovers? I think Ole Miss is cleaning house. There might be one or two holdovers, but here's the deal. One of those holdovers might be in the, I don't know, the recruiting office and maybe one on-field coach. Look, Norvell's got a staff that's probably going to the Cotton Bowl next week. I mean, do you, do you really want to change that up too much? It's not like the guys that he would bring or um, aren't familiar with recruiting this area, whereas Harson comes in, he's coming from Boise, Idaho. It might be smart to hold him to a guy or two. But, but with Norvell, like I said, I mean, you, you've got guys that are familiar with this area and, and they're, they're having extreme success. 
I know everybody, and, and I think where this question is pertaining to is, look, Mike McIntyre did one hell of a job, and people would probably prefer him to stay in Oxford. Um, and I get that, but with, with the way things have gone, I mean, it, you just got to trust the new guy that he knows what he's doing on that side of the football. Mike McIntyre, I assure you, will find a football job next year if he wants one. Yeah, won't have any problem. He's going to act as the interim through this transition period. How long this lasts remains to be seen. We're going to get more into the timeline as the mailbag rolls on. At a true rebel underscore 99. His name's Ty. How does a 6-6 six and six Norvell slash Kiffin-led team versus a 7-5 and five Luke-led team sink within the fan base? This is a great question. That's kind of what motivated my column. It didn't look like Ole Miss was going to win the Egg Bowl pretty clearly in about, I don't know, the third quarter. They tied it up 14-14, to 14, but then when they went up 21-14, to 14, I just started writing like mad. <laughs> because if you looked at the schedule going into next year, it was easy to forecast 1-4, 2-5. Yeah. And at that point, you're probably making a midseason change, and that's never good. Because uh-huh. the back end of that schedule gets easier. And everyone would have said, oh, put Mike McIntyre as the interim head coach. Ole Miss would not have potentially learned from past circumstance. You never promote an interim that can actually get the job. So 7-5 and five with Matt Luke. First of all, think of the lack of attendance to start. Think yep. of after the slow start what that would have meant to the fan base. Yeah, he gets to the Liberty Bowl. He gets to Charlotte, I don't know, for the Belk Bowl. I don't think that really would have excited anyone. Six and six with Norvell Kiffin. You immediately, once you get one of those two names in the head coaching seat, brought about excitement, something to sell. Because I think for the longest, what's really bothered fans the most is that a lot of the people that were party to the NCAA stuff were still here. They wanted a clean slate back when Matt was hired. Now, he had nothing to do with the free stuff, but you get what I'm saying? He was still yeah. on his staff. And then you had all these familiar faces like Jacob Peeler and Phil Longo and Wesley McGriff and Derek Nix, all these guys that were Hugh Freeze people. And Ross Bjork was still here. Michael Thompson was still here. So now they want a clean slate. If you make this move, you got to know who your top three is. And I think I know what that top three is right now. And you make your move. And one of those big names immediately injects excitement and brings back a ton of fans that were going to be gone for good because they just did not have the confidence that Matt Luke could win long-term. So 6-6, six and 7-5 six, and five under Matt Luke, it means nothing to them. Absolutely agreed. And you mentioned about apathetic fans, and you're right, from the perspective of if they win six or seven games. I will say this. Keith mentioned fan apathy. I will say this. Over the weekend, it seemed like there were a lot of pissed-off people, not, not a lot of apathetic people when it started to get smoked that there could be a change. And I think that's at least a good sign for Ole Miss that there are a good number of people that are still invested in what you're trying to do on the football field. No, that's a great point. Apathy is when, even when the smoke is starting to come up about a Matt Luke potential change, people go, I don't care. I don't yeah. care. Ole Miss is never going to win. It was getting there, but you're right. There are enough angry people because they want to see Ole Miss do well. I never liked when... Keith or anybody, and I said this, and look, I honestly believe Keith Carter is going to be a hell of an AD, and I thought he absolutely crushed his press conference on Monday, but you can't come on a podcast or maybe you're quoting a story saying all the negativity has come about with the fan base. I don't know. We got to get in people's faces and talk about these things, and um, just, I don't know, for whatever reason, all this negativity, it's pretty clear what the negativity's from. For six years, these fans felt like they weren't being told the truth. Then you hire Matt Luke. You don't win. And really, what did Matt Luke in, outside of my opinion, hiring Rich Rodriguez, 
going five and seven, one and seven with generational offensive talent. Yeah. That's when people people were willing to give Matt a shot, but when you go five and seven with that group, you lost a lot of people. And even the most stringent Matt Luke supporters cannot deny that fact. He had offensive generational talent. And you'll say, oh, well, well, what about Wesley McGriff? That's all his fault. Well, Matt didn't have to keep Wesley. He didn't have to keep Phil Longo. He did that because he didn't want to just thank the guys for helping him get the job, then turn around and fire him. But you know what nobility gets you in coaching? Fired. Where are we today? Okay, at Cody Rosso. Would Bill Clark be a good hire for Ole Miss? Wouldn't be a big name hire, but the guy wins at a place that didn't even have a program a few seasons ago. It's two different questions for me. I think Bill Clark is one hell of a football coach. I also think that Ole Miss has to have somebody that re-energizes this fan base. And I don't think Bill Clark's the guy to do that. Now, that's not me saying Bill Clark is a bad football coach by any means. He is an excellent, excellent football coach uh, that is going to win a lot of games at, at some program that picks him up. I just don't think the timing works out for him here at Ole Miss. That's exactly my sentiments as well. Dave, at Gunboat Dave, your predicted football recruiting and roster results and whether Ole Miss will have a better record in 2020. I think Ole Miss is going 6-6 six and six next year. Yeah. The start of the season is going to be tough for whoever's here. But John Rice Plumley, Jerry Neely, I know a lot of them are mad. Of course they are. Most of these kids are going to stay. Bryce Matthews entered the transfer portal on Monday. Of course he did. He didn't even play this year for this offensive line. Carter Colquitt's gone. Okay. Chandler Tewitt trashed the fans. Chandler doesn't even play. Sam Williams, Lakia Henry, John Rice, Jerrion. Jerrion was pissed off, but Jerrion ain't going anywhere. They're going to retain most of their roster. They're going to take a hit. There might be a big name or two, but you might see a couple guys stay that weren't going to leave. Yeah. No one's heard from Matt Corral yet. I don't think he was in that team meeting at 8 p.m. Do I think Matt Corral's still going to enter the portal? Probably, but I think it's telling that it's Monday, Tuesday. We haven't heard anything. I think it's a lot more likely Matt Corral stays than it was 48 hours ago. Yeah, I still don't think it's likely, but you're right. Yeah, there's a chance. Elijah Moore wanted to enter the transfer portal. Yep. Thursday, yeah. he made a stupid decision. I feel bad for that kid. It was a dumb thing to do. I did a lot of dumb shit when I was his age. Yes. I'm not going to crucify the kid. It was dumb. You learn from it. You move on. It's just a football game. But now Elijah Moore, who you were going to have to potentially recruit back to your roster if you're Matt Luke, I think he's maybe on board a little bit more today. Jonathan Mingo, a little bit more on board today. Not to say they didn't like Matt Luke, but Rich Rodriguez's offense wasn't conducive to wide receivers getting the ball all that much. The proof's in the pudding. Rich Rodriguez is not a good quarterback's coach. Denard Robinson didn't really get better. Pat White is, was an electric athlete, played in the Big East back when the Big East was not that great in football, and you know, obviously they've disbanded. I think he severely limited Khalil Tate, who is obviously a freak athlete. I mean, it's not been a success or a, a very high success rate for uh, Rich Rodriguez with the quarterback position. Of course, those kids are mad, but there are a lot of them out there that know how this works. Ben Brown's already come out and said, I'm an Ole Miss Rebel. Eli yeah. Johnson, they're not getting the same type of print or ink like Barrett. And I like Barrett Salee a lot. I've known Barrett a long time. But Barrett's writing off a of Chandler to it saying half the roster is going to leave. Ben Brown? These guys saying, I'm staying, Momo? It's clickbaity. But as far as recruiting goes, I think they're going to end up probably in the top 35. Transition classes are never good. Hugh Freeze had a great transition class. But historically, that's usually not what happens. It wasn't even ranked high either. No. They just hit on kid. Yeah, they hit on. I mean, Trey Elston was his highest ranked signee. And Trey was an NFL player. John Youngblood hit, for example. Yeah. That class was great. Let's look at the numbers 
for Ole Miss's current recruiting. And they've lost a lot of commits already. But they were 23rd in the country. That's 10th in the SEC. They had zero of the top 10 in Mississippi. J.J. Pegues wasn't coming here. Amari Thomas wasn't coming here. What if you go hire Mike Norvell? He was obviously recruiting Amari Thomas. He wasn't going to get him to Memphis. Might change some things for that kid. Who knows? Let me ask you this. Mike Norvell has obviously done one heck of a job at getting Mississippi kids into Memphis that are somewhat underranked. Do you think some of those kids that he gets into Memphis were good enough to play at Ole Miss and that he's, he, he'll be able to kind of do that if he gets to Ole Miss? Daryl Henderson. Yeah. Kenny Gangwell. Jannard Avery. Yeah. Sharif White. I mean, there's so many guys. He's recruited this area. That's why, among other reasons, he's probably the best fit. All right, moving on. At a true rebel underscore 99. Do you see any changes to the jerseys, like changing back to the 2013-2016 jerseys? No. Man, come on. I don't know. Corey Clark, at Corey underscore Clark underscore 91. What are the chances that whoever is hired as the new head coach keeps Mike at defensive coordinator? I could see a Billy Napier doing it. Yeah. Maybe a Brian Harson, But Mike Norvell would bring his own staff. Yeah. I think the way McIntyre gets retained is kind of like you said, with Napier, a younger guy uh, that maybe hasn't had you know as much coaching experience. I think if they went like the Graham Harrell route or something like that. I like Will Healy. Yeah, like a younger guy like that. I think you would want a veteran guy that's been in a Power 5 conference uh, on your staff. I think that's the way McIntyre gets retained. Norvell, I don't really see that. Jared Robinson, at Jared underscore R25. What kind of football coach do they want to bring in, offensive or defensive-oriented, run-heavy, pass-heavy, or balanced offense? Winner. Yeah, the best coach available. I would break it right now into tiers. The number one tier, Mike Norvell, Brian Harson. Billy Napier. I was told they were going to offer Mike Norvell on Monday, and they're willing to go north of $5 million to get him. Memphis is going to fight like hell to try to keep him, too. I heard that they're trying to consolidate money to get his average annual value over $4 million. Oof. That's competitive as hell, and there's no pressure at Memphis. But the deal with Mike Norvell is he's got a lot of different irons in the fire. He's playing a lot of different schools against each other. He wants yep. Florida State bad, but Florida State's going after Brian Kelly James Franklin, maybe a Matt Campbell at Florida State. I don't know if Mike Norvell is an A-list candidate to where he's a top-tier candidate at Ole Miss. I've heard that Missouri really likes Mike Norvell. As you're listening to this, Arkansas may have already hired Lane Kiffin, but I don't think Mike Norvell is going to be eliminated as a candidate there until they hire somebody. And I think he would be interested for sure. But here's the deal. There are red flags in background for Mike Norvell. And you're probably going to have to deal with a backlash if you're a power five like an Ole Miss once the national media digs its claws into Mike Norvell. And you're just going to have to accept that. Here's my thing. If you're Ole Miss, who cares? You're the villain of college football anyway. Pete Thamel comes out and writes after the Egg Bowl that Elijah Moore is effectively one of the worst people on earth. What he did was unforgivable. Pat Forty, shit-cannon Ole Miss about Matt Luke getting fired. Barrett Salee, shit-cannon Ole Miss about Matt Luke getting fired. It's always going to happen. If Ole Miss farts in the wind, national media folks have played their hand. They're going to turn it into something negative. So if they're always going to do this, let them do it. And if Mike Norvell wins, who cares? I do think in this interview that probably winds up happening, I think it is important that Norvell's straight up and honest with them about uh, anything that could come up there uh, from a background search point of view but yeah i mean who cares at this point as long as the dude i don't think there's dead bodies anywhere i don't think he's buried somebody so if, as long as you're good on that front i mean 
just win football games. I think that's the the biggest issue a lot of Ole Miss fans have with the current proceedings at Ole Miss is there's a lot that's been going on with their football program that's not been about winning football games. I will say Billy Napier makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. Yeah. I know Keith likes Dave Randall a lot. Dave Randall's had opportunity after opportunity. I don't know if he wants to be a head coach. I'll tell you one guy, and it's not going to be popular, Willie Fritz at Tulane. Yeah. He's 59 years old, but I have said if it got to Willie, and I don't think it will, not to say he's some type of bad candidate. He's a great coach. He's a great candidate. He's a number one candidate for a lot of schools. But what I'm saying is for Ole Miss, they're not starting at Willie Fritz, but he's in there. And there is a chance that Justin Fuente could come into play here too because he's wanting to move from Virginia Tech. I think if it got to Willie Fritz, if it wasn't one of Mike Norvell, Brian Harson, or Billy Napier, which is, I think, the top three as of today. And remember, all this stuff can change at a moment's notice, so don't take it to the bank if it turns out to be somebody other than those guys. But if it ended up being Willie Fritz, I could see him being to Ole Miss football what Kermit Davis was to Ole Miss basketball. It is not yeah. the flashy Thad Mata hire. It is not Tom Crean. But it's what that program needed, and Kermit's been great. Here's the problem with that. Keith needs to make a hire that immediately sends a jolt through the fan base. And I think he knows that. And Willie Fritz, I don't think, provides that to you. Yeah, no, at some point, I mean, you don't just go hire a guy to, to re-energize your fan base. You hire, you hire a good football coach. But, uh, yeah, I, I think they, they need to do that first and foremost. I guess the guy that we probably need to mention that if we don't, we're going to get asked about it. What do you kind of know on Lane Kiffin? We'll get right back to this mailbag edition of Talk of Champions after this brief word on Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Cheap Ram of Oxford. It's Christmas time, the best time of the year. Time to celebrate with family and friends and maybe just treat yourself or a significant other to your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. And there's only one place to stop, and that's Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. And there's no better time to go. It's year-end clearance time, which means you can save big, big money. They're closing out old models for the new 2020s coming in, so head on over to 2201 East University Avenue that's just past Kroger in Oxford and go get the new Ram 1500, the 2500, a Jeep Wrangler Unlimited, a Dodge Charger, a Chrysler Pacifica. That's in my garage right now. Purchased where? At Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. But there are numerous reasons why drivers choose Allen Samuels of Oxford. They proudly serve Oxford, Batesville, New Albany, Cenotopia, and Memphis, and their teams of sales advisors, service technicians, and financing experts are trained with one focus in mind, addressing each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. At Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, their team will be happy to fill you in on each of the reliable options in their inventory, and when the time comes for you to drive home in your next car, maybe wrap a bow on top of it, their auto finance team will be standing by with solutions to fit your individual needs. They truly have every one of your automotive needs covered. The only question left now is how can they best serve you? So give them a call 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Or the address once more, 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Oh, almost immediately when old Mrs. Job came open, Lane Kiffin had people putting out feelers so he could get involved in the process. Yeah. Lane Kiffin is 100% going to move this cycle. It's happening. He's getting out of Florida Atlantic. But all indications are that he and Arkansas are down the road. But bringing up Lane 
actually turns us towards a topic I wanted to touch on, something that I think is important and doesn't need to be lost right now. This happened very abruptly, and Keith is talking confidently. He said on Monday, this is my decision to make, and as he put it, we are going to hire a really good coach. I would not be surprised, and I've heard some rumblings to this effect, if Keith doesn't already have a tentative agreement with somebody. I'm not saying it's done, but I would not be surprised if he doesn't already think he's got his guy. We mentioned Norvell and Harson. They both have football games this weekend. Billy Napier has a football game this weekend. So, I mean, you, you've got to do some massaging around that. And Keith knows what he's doing. He didn't just fire Matt Luke having no clue where he was going with this. Right. I will ask you this, though. What do you do with a tentative agreement? If you've got a guy that, you know, has said, hey, I'm going to take your job, you still have to be out and, and be diligent with other people because there's nothing holding him to that contract, right? Of course. And that's where confidentiality in these processes come into play. Okay, we've got a tentative agreement we think with so-and-so. If that falls through, because it's tentative, it's a tentative agreement, like almost had with Dave Doran, for example, (laughs) then you need to have fallback options. If you get to the point where it's nut-cutting time, it's time to sign the deal and announce it, Coach X moves on, or you ghost Coach X like Ole Miss did with Dave Doran, you go to your next slate of options, your second tier, which would be a Bill Clark, a Steve Sarkeesian, a Dave Aranda maybe. I think at the latest, Ole Miss is making an announcement on Tuesday. And that's at the very latest. Quite frankly, I think they're making an announcement on Monday. And I agree with you. I don't think Keith makes this decision and announces it when he does on Sunday night if he isn't already ahead of the game and knows where he's likely headed. He kind of said it in his press conference. Didn't he? he? Yeah, I mean, he basically said, look, you're, you're always looking for talent. Look, Keith gave a lot of clues in that press conference if you're willing to read between some lines. Yeah. Evan Steinman, at Evan Steinman. Does Matt Corral hang around to see the new hire? Does he transfer regardless? We kind of touched on this, but I think it's pretty notable that haven't heard his name hit the portal yet. He is not in there as of Monday. No, we're recording this late Monday, full disclosure. He's not there yet. I think that's notable. Preston Broom, at pbroom09. When Ole Miss talked to Norvell a couple of years ago, he apparently had too much baggage. Why has that suddenly gone away? All right, I've touched on this before. But since everybody's going to hate on me that hates on me anyway, let's just go through it. In 2017, Ole Miss has gone through a 6-6 six and six year with Matt Luke. They went into that coaching search process with one goal in mind, to hire a guy that was not embarrassing because of the way in which Hugh Freeze was fired. So anybody that had anything in background that was in any way a massive red flag, they took him off the list. Charlie Strong wanted the job. Everyone knows what happened with Charlie Strong. They took him off the list. Mike Norvell, Lane Kiffin, you name it. If there was anything, a hint of bad in their resume, they didn't make the cut. So you come down to a final list of Chad Morris, Matt Luke, Dave Doran, kind of get why you go with Matt Luke in that scenario. (laughs) I think everyone would still take Matt Luke over Chad Morris to this day. Yeah. Yeah. Every school Chad Morris has left has gotten better once he left. 0-14 is loud in the SEC. Yeah. They felt if they made a hire like a Mike Norvell and they found something that they thought would essentially pop as far as a story the day they announced Mike Norvell. That would show Ole Miss as being this hypocritical school. You fired this guy for this, but you hired this guy for this. A few years have passed. Ole Miss has lost a lot. (laughs) Hadn't been to a bowl game in four years. Mike Norvell's consistently beaten you. If you're going to be the villain anyway, if all of these national media hacks are still going to say the same stuff they always say, Don't allow your hires to be dictated by it. 
Yeah, it's it's like we said with the kids getting upset. You don't let 18 to 22-year-olds run your football program. You don't let them run an SEC football program. You also don't let the national media people that think you're in the wrong for firing Matt Luke run your football program either. Uh, you don't run an SEC football program scared. So go out, hire the best people. I've said that for a long time. I don't care if they're from Idaho. Go out, hire the best people, win football games, and let the chips fall where they may. Um, like I've said earlier with Norvell, there's not dead bodies anywhere. If stuff comes out, let it come out and deal with it. Act like adults. Colin Brister texted me yesterday, day before last, effectively said, I'm at a friend's house, and he's declaring it's going to be Norvell. All this stuff with Norvell, why all of a sudden would it be okay to hire Norvell? And my point was, you don't run your SEC football program afraid of a story written by Steve Robertson. (laughs) Those days are over. You hired Rich Rodriguez. You hired Mike McIntyre. Mike McIntyre's an awesome guy. Yes, yes. But he was fired from Colorado with some stuff in background that was ugly. Rich Rod, everyone knows what went down with Rich Rod. So I think Ole Miss, you make those two hires, why would you care now? Yeah. There was no bad press for Rich Rod for Mike McIntyre. There's probably going to be bad press if it's Mike Norvell. But if it is, who cares? They're going to write negative things about you anyway. Have a plan. Deal with it. Yeah. Hayden Tupman at Hayden Tupman. If a spread offensive scheme comes in, do you see Plumlee switching positions? Oh, buddy. Not initially, no. And I think he's going to get this shot at quarterback under this new coach. Look, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not the recruiting guru. John Rice Plumlee did not come to Ole Miss to play wide receiver, correct? Correct. If he wanted to play wide receiver, I think my boy's at Georgia. So I think the guy gets every shot at quarterback. He's the franchise now. He's the quarterback. He is not a wide receiver. He is not a defensive back. He is not a running back. He is a quarterback. It's not his fault that he was operating under a terrible quarterback's coach. And I liked a lot of what Rich Rod did offensively. I didn't. But but from a passing standpoint, I put all the blame at the feet of Rich Rodriguez. Can we talk about, look, Matt Luke's fired, it doesn't matter, how stupid it was to pull that kid in the egg ball. And I've been a Matt Corral stand on the assumption that Matt Luke thought he was coming back. How do you pull the kid with five minutes left to go in the game? That's a great question, and it's coming later in the mailbag. Sam Mooney <laughs> at Sam Mooney Music. It's been said for a while. Oh, no, another Matt Corral question. While Matt Corral could be headed for the transfer portal, since a new head coach likely means a new offensive coordinator, is there any chance Corral stays now? Yes. If he does, how do you see a quarterback competition playing out next year? That is the interesting question. Now with a new head coach, how does John Rice Plumlee balance baseball in the spring? You need to go through spring practices. If Matt Corral stays, I think Matt Corral is going to leave. But if Matt Corral stayed in this hypothetical, you can't be involved in baseball. You've got to go win a job. Yeah, you got to go through spring practice. I'm not going to say you won't be can't be involved in baseball, but you you got to figure out a way to do both, right? Kyler Murray did it. You have to go through spring football, and baseball has to come second. As unfortunate as that sounds, now Jerryon Ely, I know we didn't ask about that. Jerryon Ely doesn't need spring practice, man. You, look, the offense can't be that complicated for a running back. Yeah, and you're only practicing like three times a week. Jerryon could skip out a midweek game if he needed to. Come on. Yes. Another one, Sam Mooney. Do you anticipate any sort of role or job offered to Matt Luke somewhere else in the football program? I anticipate Matt Luke being in Barbados in a week. And I don't blame him. I hope he has a delightful time. I'd be sitting on my stack of money like I was Scrooge McDuck, diving into it. Put on the bathing suit and dive in off a diving board. Absolutely enjoying my life. Matt Luke's going to get hired somewhere. 
Yes, Matt Luke is a good football coach. He's not ready to be a head coach yet. I wouldn't be surprised if he got a head coaching job at like a North Alabama. UL Lafayette, Nate Napier goes somewhere. Ole Miss and Louisiana swap coaches. <laughs> there you go. Sam Mooney, I know it's hard to predict without knowing who the head coach will be, but what's your gut feeling on Mike McIntyre's chances of being kept on for 2020? Not there great. Any other coaches that might be retained? Derek Nix has survived three head coaches and stayed at yeah, Ole Miss. Yeah, Derek Nix can uh, survive a world war here, so I don't know why not. Derek Nix has got it figured out. Oh, I love D. Nix. He's so close to retirement in Mississippi. Oh, he is. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Don't write off D. Nix. He knows how to survive this stuff. Patrick Pettit, at Pat underscore pathetic. What's up with Schuler? He doesn't look like himself. Yeah, I mean, look, Schuler notably had a tough offseason. He's starting off slow. I mean, it's basketball. Brian started off slow, and I, I don't think you're at the concern level yet. I mean, I, I, I think both of those guys are going to be fine. You're allowed to go into slumps as long as, you know, it doesn't prolong into the season. Uh, like, you know, unfortunately, Jarvis Summers senior year when, when he battled the injuries. So I'm not worried about Schuler yet. But he needs to play better. I think he needs to play better starting to go into the month of December. He had a really good start to the season, guys. Yeah. First three games, he was really good. I think once the ball stopped going in the basket, he started settling for mid-range and three-pointers. When that ball doesn't go in the basket, it starts to affect other areas of your game. And Devontae never had a problem affecting the game, even when he wasn't scoring. But now yeah. he's allowed his lack of productivity offensively to bleed into his defense, where he's supposed to be at his best. And that's where he has to become re-engaged, regardless of where his offense is. He has to get back in transition. That's never been a problem for any Kermit Davis coach team. He would argue, and I would agree with him, that no team coaches transition defense as much as Ole Miss does. They do it every single day. And Devontae is failing in that the last couple of games. But you're going to have streaks like that where you're not making shots. The good players don't allow it to affect other areas of your game. Blake Henson, can he affect a game by not making a three? He had his first bad game back against Oklahoma State. Turned the ball over, didn't defend well. Everybody played poorly that game. Maybe Duke Collin yeah. played pretty well, but everybody was bad. I think Sunday, those two practices, four hours combined, it wasn't a fun day for those players. <laughs> From an offensive standpoint, I'm more worried about number four than I am Schuler put the ball in the basket. Brian just does not look like himself. And I know he, he scored a lot against Penn State in that comeback, but it felt like a lot of shots were coming outside of the rhythm of the offense too. When Kermit Davis talks about the ball sticking with too many guys, <laughs> the only name I can ever think of is Brian. Dribbling into triple coverage and just losing the ball. I got the funniest text message on a Friday night. It said, Brian must get paid by the dribble. Move the ball. Brian, stop taking shots that are contested in the mid-range or three-point. Yeah. You're going to get your shots no matter what. He doesn't have to force action. He's better than that. He's better than shooting, what, 35% from the field, 25% from three. He is a better player than that. I think yep. Brian is trying to do too much. Part of that is a product of... You had an NBA player at the three last year, and seven of your roster are newcomers. He's not used to playing with a number of these guys. So he's going to settle in. But right now, you're right. The guy I'm worried about the most is Brienne. And yeah. until Brienne can figure out how to elevate the play of those around him, and he's not a selfish player, but not no. take shots that could be considered selfish, Ole Miss is going to be held back. Jake Parsons, at jparsons17om. How can anyone support Chandler Tuitt after his remarks regarding that he doesn't care about the fans and that the program wouldn't exist without the players? He needs to realize players and coaches are replaceable just like any of us are with a normal job. It's business. I would encourage anyone who's mad at Chandler Tuitt to take a step back 
and understand that these are still kids. Yep, they're 21. They're emotional. I don't blame Chandler to it for being upset. All of us have those moments when we were younger. We wish we could take back. I bet you, given time, if Chandler stays, if he becomes a key contributor for Ole Miss football, he hasn't been to this point, but if he does, that's not a knock, it's just the truth, that he'll regret coming out so strongly. I also think it was really, really strange. I didn't go out there. A lot of my coworkers did, and I understand why they did it. Like, I like Nick Suss. He's been on this podcast. He's awesome. Nate Gabler, awesome dude. Brian Scott Rippey, David Johnson's my boy. We work together at 247. They went out there to get player reaction. But what did you expect to get? Yeah, those kids love Matt Luke. Yeah, they love Matt. They're going to be emotional. So I just would not hold Chandler's words against him. And I know Chandler said that stuff on Twitter. I can't imagine what life for me would have been like 18, 19, 20, 21 and had Twitter. (laughs) I would have said some absolutely horrible stuff. Way worse than that. Look, I'm just not going to hold it against him. We're going to jump right back to this mailbag edition of Talk of Champions after this brief word on the Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood, and Cheney's Pharmacy. I think we can all agree that Oxford has expanded. Our small little town, the home of the Ole Miss Rebels, is now jam-packed with new developments across the board from housing to restaurants, shops. And while Oxford is bustling like never before, It's made it hard on all of us to find the perfect home in the perfect spot. No one wants to spend three hours going to the grocery store. Fortunately, the Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood, is here for you. An innovative new development brought to you by John Welty Realty. It's just blocks from the historic Oxford Square, offering 48 acres that connects homes and restaurants with arts and businesses, setting a new standard for community living with keen detail to ease and classic elegance. One day you might be hungry. You take a few steps outside your front door, go to the grocery store. Maybe go get a drink at the brewery. Maybe spend some time shopping at one of the many offerings that the Lamar will have once development is done. Build-out is happening right now, so get in while you can. The houses are modern, open concept, one-bedroom, two-bedroom. Whatever you're looking for in a home, the Lamar has the perfect spot for you. But you want to learn more, so call John Welty today, 662-638-6710. That's 662-638-6710. Hello at the LamarOxfordMS.com. Hello at the LamarOxfordMS.com. The Lamar is hot. The only place to live in this jam-packed town that we call home, Oxford, Mississippi. The Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. When it's football season, all you want to do is be around football. Even when you make your trip to the pharmacy, you want to see Ole Miss. The best pharmacy to go to, the only Ole Miss pharmacy really to go to, is Cheney's Pharmacy for all your pharmaceutical needs. Cheney's offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally-owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221. Or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online, Cheney'sPharmacy.com. And Cheney's Ole Miss is always in season. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Zachary Rowland at Zachary James 68. What do you think about Jim Harbaugh coming down to the SEC? The same Jim Harbaugh that said everybody down here was a bunch of cheaters and did a bunch of satellite camp, <laughs> pissed everybody off. 
Man, Jim, Jim Harbaugh's gone in the NFL. The same Jim Harbaugh that can't beat Ohio State? The same Jim Harbaugh that enjoys Oxford's IHOP. Oh, God, that should tell you everything. <laughs> Come to Oxford, Mississippi to go get Shea Patterson, and you take him to IHOP. Not Ajax, not Sola. You take him to IHOP. My man's a psychopath. Dakota Wills at DWills56. Ole Miss and Aranda have any mutual interest? What's your take on Dave Aranda and Ole Miss? Here's the thing about Dave Aranda. I don't know how well you can sell the – first of all, I don't think the guy wants to be a head football coach. Secondly, anybody seen LSU play defense this year? I think he's a good football coach, but LSU's giving up 35 points a game. They're beating everybody because they can't be stopped. Um, so how do you kind of sell a fan base on a guy that really didn't stop anybody at LSU the year before? Bill Causey at bcausey 85 is it true the old fan confederacy like Dickie Scruggs got Matt Luke fired slash paid for it? No. no. Lyle Roberts, who would you like to see as head coach? Somebody that wins? Yes, a winner. Have you noticed the theme that there's not like there's all these young offensive guys? There's not there ever really the young defensive guy that gets the head coaching job. All of them always just seem to be on the offensive side of the ball. Well, that's the way football is going these days on both levels. Sure. You don't see Mike Zimmer getting many jobs anymore in the NFL. You're you're looking for the next Sean McVay. A failed college coach is now the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. And he's doing a fine job. They're fine. They've won three games to eight losses and one tie. They were never going to be good. They got a 5'9 Kyler Murray playing quarterback. I get it. But <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury is a head coach in the NFL, and he failed in college. That's just the way it's yeah. going right now. Who would I like to see as head coach? Man, I think if you land any of Mike Norvell, Brian Harrison – or Billy Napier, you have hit a home run. Agreed. Thomas Chandler, at advisor underscore Tom 87, your local Modern Woodman representative, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Who wants to get fired more, Jason Garrett or Doug Peterson? Oh, it's Jason Ooh. Garrett. Yeah, Jason Garrett. My man Doug Peterson won him a Super Bowl. He's fine. Jason Garrett has led a Cowboys team with a quarterback in Dak Prescott planted at an MVP level and one of the most talented teams in the NFL – to a 6-6 six and six record, and not one win over a team with a winning record. Ben, they quit on Thursday, it looked like. I don't disagree. They looked like they quit. And, and yet they still lead by a game in the East. Who, buddy, the, uh, the Seahawks are coming to uh, Jerry's World in early January, and I don't think that's going to go well. Good. Lincoln Riley, <laughs> baby. Lincoln Riley. You going to fire the guy that makes the playoffs? I'm kidding. Of course you are. Stephen Downs at Tanichi underscore Stephen. When do you think the decision was made to fire Luke? Saturday. Okay, I was going to say late Friday night, but yeah. And when I say Saturday, I mean Saturday morning. Do you think Keith Carter coming back from Starkville on Thursday knew this was possible? I think a seed of doubt had entered his mind, and it only metastasized from there. Nice word. Shut up. Ryan at I underscore am Paul 27. Any chance left for Norvell? Ryan, Jared Joel, at Jared Joel, what's the target date to have a coach announced? Like I said, I think at the latest, they'll have some coach announced by next Tuesday. Probably on Monday. Their three main targets as of this Monday, as we're recording, are the three I've already mentioned. At Josh Loper, can we call Tony Dungy? Why? For what? Okay, I will will grant this. The Herm Edwards thing is going okay at Arizona State. I don't, I I anticipate that more and more people do that, I don't anticipate Ole Miss to do that. I don't think it would work. I got why Arizona State did it. If you're Ole Miss, you need to take a unique perspective like the Texas Tech 
of your conference where you have a particular identity, which they did have for eh, three years under Hugh Freeze, of being the loaded-up, offensive, talented team that was just going to overwhelm you. And defensively, outside of that one year where they completely dominated, you're going to give up some points, you're going to give up some yards, but we're going to outscore you. Yep. There's nothing you can do about it. That whole identity was lost this year. It wasn't just a shift, a a small shift to a run-heavy variation of the spread, which Matt Luke always wanted. They were on the flex ball. It was completely bizarre. Did you know? I know that his overall completion percentage was bad. But when John Rice Plumley ran 10 personnel, his completion percentage went up near 70%. He needs space. And yet consistently, you have an inline tight end, two wide receivers, three routes. That's not how that kid has success throwing the ball. He's not going to accurately throw a 50-50 ball for a wide receiver to go get. But if you give him space... Not only does he have an opportunity to get to his second, third read, but he can run through that. Ben, look, I, I know you think John Rice Plumley can throw the football, you know, at, at a level that succeeds in the SEC. I'm a little bit more hesitant on that, but I will say his best game as a passer was on Thursday night. I thought he did some good things in that department. Given the right coaching staff and quarterbacks coach, John Rice Plumley can be a poor man's Johnny football. Not saying he's ever going to be Johnny Manziel. But he could be a poor man's version. All right. Ben Mingle at the Big Miggy. Do you think it's possible for Ole Miss to make it back to where Ole Miss was four slash five years ago anytime soon ranked New Year's six games? If so, what changes would you make to get there? And who do you want at the helm taking us there? I would hire a good football coach. And like, I know that sounds sarcastic, but no, that's what I do. And yeah, I do think, man, this mindset somewhat annoys me. Ole Miss won nine and 10 football games a year with Hugh Freeze, who was a good football coach. But Ben, Hugh Freeze wasn't efficient. Hugh Freeze did a lot of dumb things and had a pretty, I'm not going to say bad staff, but underwhelming staff from an SEC standpoint. Do I think Ole Miss can get back to winning nine to 10 games a year? You know, and you're you're bottoming out being six wins? Yeah, I do. Because I just don't think it's as complicated as people make it out to be. Get players, consolidate your recruiting office, Get burner phones because players win in this league. I saw, I think it was a Michigan blog. I don't know. It was on Monday. Oh, God. Oh, God. Somebody wrote, Michigan is a beacon (laughs) in a sea of cheaters and bag men. Michigan, you cheat your balls off too. Jim Harbaugh (laughs) cheats his balls off. But it's not cheating. I hate calling it cheating. These kids deserve to get what they're worth. And if they have to get it on the black market, then so be it. Because the black market has been created by a antiquated system in NCAA that wants to do anything it can to suppress the labor force. If you want to believe that Michigan is some beacon of greatness and the only true guiding light to what college football used to be, go right ahead. You're going to continue to get your ass kicked by Ohio State. Ohio State did not get Justin Fields cleanly. Period. No one gets anybody that matters cleanly. Not every kid's getting paid, but if they are getting paid, good for them. They've earned it. The thing about Justin Fields and Ohio State is Ohio State don't pretend that they got him clean either. But Michigan still wants to lose and lose and lose to Ohio State and make excuses like, oh, it's because everyone else is cheating. What? How do you think you got Rashawn Gary? I do love the narrative that uh, people go to other schools because they got paid, but they came to us for free. That's my favorite. Brian Haydad is one of my favorite people in the world. 
He loves Mississippi State. Does a great job covering Mississippi State for Super Talk Mississippi. I like to needle him when he's on this podcast about Leo Lewis. Came on last week. I made fun of Leo Lewis. He, of course, wanted to make a comeback, and I asked him point blank, do you believe that Mississippi State did not pay Leo Lewis? And, of course, he went to, well, I mean, the transcripts, uh, no. Yes, they did. They did. His mother said it on tape. It's on tape. Farad Green acknowledged that he got paid. Farad Green's dad acknowledged the payment to players, but they were able to write it off. That Just because they were able to write it off does not make it not cheating, if you want to declare it cheating. Oh, good for them. You know what I call that? I call that smart. Yes. Good job. So here you go, Ben, at the Big Miggy. You want to know how you can get back to that? Get good players. How do you get good players? Do what's necessary. How do you do what's necessary? Tell the NCAA to piss off, get burner phones, and raise some money. (laughs) Dakota Wills at DWills56. Will Norvell even consider Ole Miss? He is considering Ole Miss. TJ from Twitter responded to Dakota Wills. There were no red flags. Yes, there were. Easy killer. I seen that guy on, on the Twitter. He's a Memphis fan. Hey, TJ, I got receipts. If you need me to pull them, I got receipts. BTD, at Real B Dice, did the men's hoops team have a bad night, or can we expect a step back this year? I think there is a chance that there will be a step back. I'm going to wait and reserve judgment until I watch them against Butler finish the non-con. This team is still figuring itself out. I don't know yet if Thursday was an aberration or a early sign of things to come. Because remember, they fell behind big against Memphis. They fell behind big against Penn State. They were able yeah. to battle back in those games. That could be an indicator of something deeper, worse. That's what I was going to say. They've played three games, six halves. Over those three games, they've only played two halves that were pretty good. The second half against Memphis, the second half against Penn State. I think you got to at least be a little bit concerned. Look, you don't lose by 41 points. I went and looked. It was the worst loss. Uh, since 2000, where they lost to LSU, it there's some concern there. the The half court offense is a little bit alarming right now, but Kermit Davis is the one to get that fixed too. That voice you hear is Colin Brister. This is Talk of Champions, a mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit, but on Twitter, right for the Ole Miss Spirit, OmSpirit.com, and affiliate of Two Four Seven Sports. If you didn't know already, Talk of Champions is powered by BNA Bank. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC. An equal housing lender. Going now to the original questions of the original tweet that announced we were doing a mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. I'm going to eliminate a number of these questions because now that Matt Luke is no longer here, they are no longer relevant. But some still are. And I like this one from RebelFan68. At RebelFan68, Colin, would Ole Miss still be nationally relevant if the NCAA investigation never happened? Well, I think we need to define that. Do I think Ole Miss is a 6-8 to eight win football team? Yeah, I do. But... Man, look, there were some deficiencies in recruiting before the NCAA showed up. The 2017 and 2018 defense, there was some about the NCAA, and that was some about Hugh Freeze's inability to recruit linebackers. Um, So I think Ole Miss is in a better place if the NCAA doesn't show up. I don't think they're still going to Sugar Bowls or anything. I'm the same way. They do win more games, yes, 
But it's a shame that Matt Luke had to answer for Hugh Freeze's hires and Phil Longo and Wesley McGriff, who were both terrible. Matt Luke went six and six his first year. I think Hugh Freeze goes six and six, probably five and seven, something to that effect. They were quitting on him. But having said that, the next year, there's no way you can convince me Hugh Freeze would have gone five and seven with that talent on offense. I'm with you there. Because Phil Longo don't get to call them plays no more. He'd have figured something out. Even with as bad as they were defensively, they still won five games. Those red zone issues, probably not nearly as bad because Hugh Freeze takes over play calling duties. They beat Vanderbilt. They beat South Carolina, in my opinion. Uh, people forget they had one yard of offense against South Carolina in the fourth quarter. Now, some of that was Matt Corral. Uh, they go seven and five. So, yeah. But I don't want to excuse Hugh Freeze in this either. Like, the defense was bad. And here's the thing that people forget about Hugh Freeze with the NCAA stuff. There was a lot more stuff going around about Hugh Freeze than NCAA stuff. Hugh Freeze, the further Ole Miss gets away from him, the glossier the shine for Ole Miss fans. And that's a shame. Hugh Freeze would have ended in disaster. But he didn't have to end in disaster. Now he gets to build the whole narrative of the comeback story of Hugh Freeze. If Mike Norvell moves, if it's Ole Miss, Arkansas, Missouri, Florida State, it's not going to be Florida State, I don't think. It might be. Hugh Freeze in Memphis would be fascinating. Ooh. Is there too much like familiarity there, though? No. No? Okay. Mm -mm. I think he would be a top candidate. I'll leave it at that. Captain Whiskerson at ChadWicked75. Did you have a tip-off that Keith Carter was going to let Coach Luke go? (laughs) Or was this news to you as well? (laughs) Over under the 2020 recruiting class ranking of 30 with Luke gone, likelihood of getting a tenured winning head coach. To the first question, why Colin was laughing, yeah, I had an idea. That's said we had an idea for Roddy. Colin got every bit of information that I had. Because he's my friend, he got everything I got. Colin can tell you. Over under the 2020 recruiting class ranking of 30 with Luca. How about I set it at 32 and a half? You going over or under? And okay. we're going to go by the top tier coaches. Okay. Mike Norvell, over under, recruiting class ranked 32 and a half. Under. Brian Harson, 32 and a half. Over. Billy Napier. Under. I think Billy Napier would crush it more than any of those guys. <laughs> I don't disagree. Um, you don't you don't get to be the recruiting coordinator at Alabama and be an idiot. If it is Billy Napier, we don't know. Maybe as you're listening to this, they made an announcement. I don't think so. A Billy Napier-Pete Golding pairing, it could happen. Pete Golding probably didn't last in Alabama. And where did Billy come from? Yeah, it's unfortunate about Pete. They, uh, they lost a lot of uh, – look, he may not have handled the Ole Miss thing real well last year. They lost a lot of guys to injuries, and that hurt them. Uh, obviously, with Alabama this year. But yeah, I, I think that's certainly possible if Napier's the head coach. Dax Barron, at Dax J. Barron, what comment got you yelled at or in the most trouble on a podcast, personally and professionally? Personally, like your wife or a good friend got pissed. Personally, my wife doesn't know anything I say on these podcasts. She listens to nothing I say. She reads none of my stories. Nothing really personally, professionally a lot. Uh, <laughs> you got in some trouble this weekend. Yeah. That column pissed off Tom Luke. Yeah, but on a podcast, Ross Bjork got really mad. And I can't remember what I talked about, but Ross Bjork got really mad about a topic that I covered at length on Talk of Champions. He called me. We didn't have it out, but we talked frankly with each other. And then he came on the podcast, the next podcast, and we hashed it out. But that was the maddest any major player at Ole Miss was it me about something I said on my podcast? It was that situation. I wish I could remember somebody that listens to this podcast with any regularity. If you remember, hit me up at Spearbin. I'd love to hear it because I cannot remember for the life of me 
what that was about. But yeah, Ross was pissed. You want to tell the story about the uh, 2015 Florida game, or are we just going to leave that one alone? Oh, I've told that enough. I'm not doing that anymore. RebelFan68, at RebelFan68, why did TD go undrafted? What makes him such a better NBA prospect than Moody, Henderson, Saez, or Holloway? His all-around game? Yeah. He's the perfect fit for the modern NBA. Yeah, the game's changed. TD's made himself a really good defender, and TD chose to go undrafted. Let's make that clear. He would have been a second-round pick. Yeah, he kind of announced, I'm not in the first round. I'm going undrafted. He played one game and showed out in the NBA uh, Summer League and got a guaranteed one-year contract from the Raptors. Most second-rounders don't even get that. But why is he a better pro prospect than the others? What's the most important type of player in the NBA right now? Three and D players. And TD is a three and D. Larson Frey, at Larson Frey, do you keep Siski? I sure as hell try. Him and Brennan both. That recruiting staff's done good work. But it depends on the head coach. Mike Norvell, I know who's in his recruiting office, and he's got two of the best recruiting guys in his recruiting office. But I would try to hold on to Brennan Chapman for dear life. Brennan Chapman has been instrumental in building this class. If you want to get in the game or hope like hell that you can get a McKinley Jackson, which I think you're pretty much done there, but if you can, Brennan's the guy that could potentially help you get him because he has the relationship with everybody. Yep. Beham Ole Miss Club, at Beham Rebel Club, would you want an offensive or defensive-minded football coach, or does it matter? I think it matters um, for Ole Miss. Normally, I just want the best head football coach, but uh, look, I talked to you earlier. You need to re- re-en- yeah. re-energize this fan base. I'll get that word right eventually. Um, and I don't think you do that with defense. So I think you, you, I think all the names being mentioned right now are offensive minded head coaches. And I think that's for a reason. I, I, I would prefer an offensive one right now. Steve Mayo at Stephen P Mayo, best case slash worst case from a transfer portal situation with the Matt Luke firing. I think no matter what, with or without Matt, I expected probably 12 transfers. Maybe you get to 15. Now I'd say best case, you're going to lose 12. Um, worst case, 15, 16. Not half the team? Not half the team. Patrick Pettit at Pat underscore pathetic. What the hell happened Friday night with Ole Miss basketball? Thanks. You don't want to know. Yeah. But Kermit did not make a fun Sunday for that team. I tell you that. I tell you what, if people saw your tweets or were listening, I guess, on the radio, that, that was a good look for Kermit. Kermit gets it, man. Yep. Kermit knows how to play to the fence. 601 Reb fan for life at Jerome underscore Billy. Who is your early front runner for our new coach? Mike Norvell. If I told you to pick Mike Norvell as the head coach or any other human on the planet as the head coach, which one would you guess is the next head football coach at Ole Miss? Oh, God. Right now, I would probably lean the field, but I don't feel good about it. Fair enough. Ryan Wiggins at RZ Wig. I know it's way early for this, so feel free to pass on this one. But is promoting McIntyre a good decision or go with someone outside the program? Clean it out. At Lair Tyler... Does Ole Miss have the money to hire a big name? Yes. Like a Les Miles. What? Mike Leach. Mike Leach is not getting his job. And if you want Les Miles, Tyler, why? <laughs> That'd be Houston up 2.0 without the talent, without the Ed Orgeron talent. I, I'm in complete agreement with you. Oh, boy. Cole Woods at Cole Miss 22. Which good old boy will get hired as the next football coach? Also, will the AD actually make this hire or will the chancellor intervene once again? I asked Keith that point blank in the press conference on Monday. He said this is his decision to make. As far as the good old boy, I know a lot of y'all are frustrated, but that's like the Illuminati to me, man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not convinced that Keith doesn't already have a tentative agreement with this guy. But Keith is going to go through this process like he did in 2018 and aiding Ross Bjork in that process. He's going to interview guys. He's going to sit down in front of people, and he's going to have his coach. 
And I don't think it'll have anything to do with any type of GOB network or something like that. 601 Rebel Fan for Life at Jerome underscore Billy. Has Rich Rodriguez taken over this team? No. Mike McIntyre is the interim head coach. Was Matt Luke just a figurehead? I can make the argument that, yeah. Yeah. Sacrificial lamb feels a little bit more like it. Yeah. 601 Reb Fan for Life at Jerome underscore Billy. Why do you bring in Matt Corral at the end of the game? Rich Rodriguez Mm. doesn't want him to be his quarterback. It's very well known he's probably going to transfer. I agree. I I didn't understand it. Not only had Matt Corral not played up to that point, but you showed a lack of trust in John Rice Plumley to go win the game. That's two possessions that you didn't trust John Rice Plumley with the ball and the game on the line. So not only had you shown a lack of faith in Matt Corral up to that point, but now you just undermine the guy that you made the face of the program. He came in against Cal because Matt Corral got hurt, and he started every game after that. But when the game was on the line against an in-state rival in Mississippi State, <laughs> I just – it's baffling. It's just baffling to me. The quarterback usage all year, in many ways a microcosm of the incompetence of the offensive staff in 2019. Moving on. Brent Ratliff at Bree Ratliff. How great would it be to have Mike Leach as head coach? Hey, look, I, I get the Leach fascination, but man, he did just go six and six in Washington State and tell off a reporter because he doesn't understand how recruiting rankings work. Look, it, Mike Leach would take this job, in my opinion. But I, I used to get the thrill of Mike Leach. I kind of think that luster's worn off. Yeah, I think the time for Mike Leach was three years ago. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Completely agree. Ryan Wiggins at RZ Wig. Benjamin is the GM of the Braves. Who are you signing at catcher, third, and right field? Well, Ooh. Travis Darno has already been signed. They re-signed Tyler Flowers, so that's the platoon if they follow reverse splits because Tyler Flowers is better against right-handers than he is left-handers. Third base, Mike Moustakis on Monday got mm. four years and $64 million to play second base for the Reds. If he's getting that, what is Josh Donaldson going to get? Three seventy-five. He had a good year, man, and he was yeah. really good defensively. I would go 375 for Josh Donaldson. I think that's what I'd do, and and I think he'd take that. He seemed to enjoy Atlanta enough. He's kind of from that area. He went to Auburn. I don't think anybody would beat you out for him if, if you wanted to go that route. You don't commit as much money as they've committed to the bullpen, including jumping out in front for Will Smith, if you're not going for it. You don't pay that kind of money for the bullpen, and that includes Chris Martin, if you're not going to go make a big move in free agency and sign or re-sign Josh Donaldson and also make a big trade with some of your prospect capital. I think they got a trade in them. I don't know if it's a major trade for a pitcher or it's a major trade for a position player. It wouldn't shock me, for example, if they traded for Chris Bryant or Francisco Lindor, assuming that they are realistically on the trading block or available to be traded. Blue-collared, comma, hard-nosed at hard-nosed 15. That is great. Imagine if Dallas actually goes like 8-8 eight and eight and gets a decent first-round pick and gets Lincoln Riley. Is this too much to ask? That's the dream because you're in the playoffs, which we all want to see them in the playoffs. They're not going to make the Super Bowl. And even if they did, they're going to get boat raced by either the Ravens or the Patriots, the Chiefs. You want to see them in the tournament. So that'd be great. But Jason Garrett, if he does not make a run, he's fired. So you get the best of all worlds in the playoffs. But Jason Garrett gets fired. You get a fine first-round pick, and then you go hire Lincoln Riley. Is it too much to ask? Probably. (laughs) But I dig it. At Bowers is the boss. What happens to players who enter the transfer portal during the season? 
Are they immediately released from their scholarship? No. If not, why? Because that's not how it works. <laughs> Can you imagine telling a kid, hey, you got to go home now? Just because you enter the portal doesn't mean you lose your scholarship. And yeah. it would be a really bad look if that were to oh, ever man. become the case. And coaches, once kids enter the portal, say, screw you, get out of here. Can yeah. you imagine? How do you recruit You're, to that? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a moot point because no, no. Yeah. Blue-collared, hard-nosed at hard-nosed 15. All the kicking issues with Ole Miss and Dallas got me thinking, did Gary Wunderlich ever pursue the NFL? He did. He did. He got invited to a couple of training camps, um, but it didn't work out. And Luke Logan was so bad. I feel bad for the kid. I do. The varsity at Varsity Rebel to close it out. Who set the stipulation during AD interviews that Luke gets another year? Now, this was asked on December 1st. That was never a stipulation. I don't know where that rumor came from, but I can assure you that was not a stipulation. That was always a bad rumor, period. This has been Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. Also available in SoundCloud. Just simply search Talk of Champions and should be wherever you get your podcasts. Please make sure to leave a five-star review in iTunes. Say what you want, as long as it's five stars. Back on Thursday, he's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben. Check out the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and affiliate of 247 Sports. Got a great deal going on right now. Um, you can get like 70% off or something, something crazy for a subscription. It's a limited time, so go check it out. Thank you, buddy. Absolutely.